Salutations, friends. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the Recap Book Chat. My name is Kate, and this is my mom, Sheila. And we are just so excited that you're with us today. And I wanted to share a quote from Teddy Roosevelt. I am part of everything that I have read. What have you been reading? We'll share with you what we've been reading and what's at the top of our book stack. And welcome to the Recap Book Chat. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We are jumping into a book by Betsy Byers called Keeper of the Doves. And it is small but mighty. Mm, Only 121 pages, but packed with a punch. Okay, so Betsy Byers, that name sounds so familiar to me. Because when you were in third grade, I read Trouble River. Okay. And she wrote Trouble River. She also, she got a Newbery for Summer of the Swans. Summer of the Swans. Okay. I feel like that's the one that more. So she's. I, I think this was 2002 is when she wrote this. Okay. So she's a pretty prolific writer. I think she's written yes. a lot. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she did an excellent of writing. So where did you hear about this? Because you're the one that sent this to me. So thank you. Uh, Jim Trelease. That was in his, that's one of those ones we didn't, these are some that uh, in the set, I got the second or third printing of his uh, Jim Trelease book. And this is, these are some that were uh, made after you guys were grown. So, you know, these were not in our read aloud stack when you were young. So hey, we're I still thought, hitting it though. <laughs> yeah, I'm still, still trying to get yeah. you. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, and so the, it starts out and we're in Kentucky in like the 1800s, the late 1800s. So it could be a historical fiction. And uh, I just, uh, yeah, it, you, it starts out when... Um, the girl is the main character. Her name is Amen because she was the fifth girl and the, <laughs> actually the sixth girl. And uh, he, the father was exasperated. And they tell the story to Amen all the time. And they end up, uh, he's just saying, what are we going to name her? They named all their girls Abigail, Augusta. And then they have these two Hellion twins uh, and they call them the Bellas. They're terrible. Yes, but, they, they really are. Amen has a word, a love for words. And then her and her father have a special relationship. And I really, I really love, love that relationship that they had. But mm. a- anyhow, that's how the book starts out. And you find out why she's named Amen. But uh, I loved uh, the, the whole dynamics of the family because uh, apparently the father has a old maid sister. She lives with them and she's as sour as a lemon. And this is a funny one I have to share. So um, she's in charge of the children, too. Her name's Aunt Pauline. And she says, if you make ugly faces, children, your face will freeze like that. And when Amen was four, she said, is that what happened to you, Aunt Pauline? (laughs) Yeah, that made me laugh out loud. I was like, that's I knew you would get that one as a good quote because that that was hilarious. Oh, I was dying. Yeah. Like kids say the darndest things. Yeah. And when she was six. When she was six years old, she she had ink all over her hands because she had been in her dad's study trying to write a poem. And then I love this part when the dad, she, and he said, does it rhyme? Poems have to rhyme. And she said, she's six. And she said, no. And then he gets up, he gets her up in his lap 
and then they write the poem together. And the poem says, a poem is a garden of words. And then the, you know, the dad's like, well, maybe a poem doesn't have to rhyme. I'm no expert. And I, I love that part. I mean, the dad, I didn't know how to read the dad initially because he seemed a little harsh at Gross. first, mm-hmm. but he's a, he's a great dad. He really is. So, and he, he definitely takes time like that. At first, I didn't know how, because I was like, oh no, like, is she going to get beaten or something? But I think they're, they are not an impoverished family. He owns a lot of local businesses. Uh, so he's a businessman. And so, but the his wife is rather sick. Yeah, she you don't see much of the mom. She has to stay in her room. She's usually pregnant, I guess, and has difficult pregnancies. And um, I think well, that, that, yeah, yeah. At, at one point, uh, Amen even said, uh, Amen or Amy said she felt like she had two moms, a reclusive summer one and a bright and spirited winter one. Mm. So, uh, you know, I think that was always in the forefront because the mom needs help. So that's why Aunt Pauline's there. They even have a cook. But why don't you tell us about uh, the title, Keeper of the Doves? What does that mean? Okay, so there is um, kind of a mysterious, scary to little kids, um, older man who lives on the property. And the twins tell, of course, they always tell the amen um scary things to scare about this old man saying um things that aren't true about him and everything so and and he'll pop up and look through a window every once in a while and anyway they they uh are always scared of him and sometimes they'll make up games where they're kind of making fun of him and the dad caught him doing that one time and got on to him and and then told amen that that this older man had saved his life at one point when he was younger and his uh, dad had made him promised had made him promise to always take care of this older man, and so he has. And he they bring him food every day, and and he is. And we I don't think you ever know his name, do you? Mr. Oh Tom yeah, Hensky. yeah, Mr. Tom. That's right, you do know. You him. didn't meet him. I'm not afraid of him, so I did meet him in the book. Yeah, <laughs> he, I forget. He's, he's Polish, so he doesn't speak English. But mm-hmm. just because you don't speak a language doesn't mean you don't understand some words. So that's important to remember. Uh, important. And he does understand everything that's said to him. He just doesn't speak it. And he does look different because he doesn't have teeth. And which is funny to me because the twins tell Amen that he eats children. He has no teeth. Yeah. So, I mean, he's not going to eat children. And then at one point you have Sister Abigail. Uh, she was reading dr jekyll and mr hyde and she connected mr hyde to mr tomaninsky but that was just with amen and amen said could you read a piece of the book to me and all this kind of stuff and uh so you're getting i don't know what he looks like but you're he may have some like a deformity or something in his face because i mean or maybe no teeth if you have no teeth that would do Mm it yeah but the part that I, I I loved, of course, I am a grandma, so naturally, this is a, gra- a quote for grandma. Grandmama's arrival, her energy, made it seem to me that the willows had been life like had been like one of those castles in fairy tales when all the occupants were sleeping their lives away. Now we were stirring, awakening to life, and I said, "Well, we should all strive for mm. our presence to do that." Yes. And she tends to see the positive. 
grandma does. I like grandma. I feel like she's, well, I mean, I feel like she's kind of a realist too, because she doesn't see the positive of the twins, but she sees that they are a bad there example. Is no positive. <laughs> yeah. But she sees, she sees that they're not a good influence on amen. Yeah. So I, I appreciate the grandma. So yeah, grandmama and uh, amen go to the, where he keeps the doves and he, he just kind of has the doves trained and they watch that. And then, so after that, uh, the kid, the, the twins have called him a, a murderer, but what does grandmama call him? A dove magician. Well, of course, uh, amen loves that. She thinks mm. she says, you know, that's what she wants to be like. And a cool thing, uh, grandmama gives all each girl a camera and so they take pictures and that tells a lot about the girls because those twins just take pictures of themselves mm, yes but amen she goes around she walks and she ends up uh, she takes a picture of a butterfly on the tomb of the baby that her mom had that only lived for 10 days mm. And she takes it now. She, you know, you have to be patient to get that. And mm. then at that same time, Mr. Tomaninsky comes in their family uh, graveyard, and she he, she understands that he wants her to take a picture of him, and she mm. does. And that that was she takes multiple pictures. Because, I love that. Yes, it, and the the thing too about those was that was a sacrifice because you only had a certain amount of pictures. That was all she you know. And so there, her grandma said, make sure you don't, you know, waste them because you only have a certain amount to take. And so I, I loved that she, at a young age, was able to see uh, how that impacted Mr. Tominitsky or whatever his name and is. Her, I think. Later that impacted her father because her father had, uh, yeah, grandma calls, calls Amy a little wordsmith and she loves that uh, nickname but her father teaches amen the the word lambency and it means a glow and a radiance and then she said I, she liked learning new words even if they would be hard to use but when she told her dad th that she took a picture of Mr. Tominski his face was uh, like he had lambency or something I can't remember mm -hmm. how she used it but she did he, her dad was proud of her yes Oh, there was a lambency about him. So oh, I, speaking about the words, I, I I thought you would already have said this one, but I was like, oh, this is this has mom written all over it. But it's when she was, and this was when she was little, first learning how to to uh, speak and do all that. And it said, I I had recently learned that everything had a name and gobbled up the words the way other three year olds gobbled sweets. Oh no, I didn't so, even get that. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, so I was like, oh, that's that's how much she really loves words from a young age but i did she write, i wrote down she, she's thinking all the time because she this was a point to leave and i out of sad said and i get sad leave an e off of made i get mad mm. put an o into bat you get boat put an o into flat it will float <laughs> but I love playing with words and so I really had a connection to her I just mm. I just loved her but I'm telling you that uh, I, I don't know in this you see how people live life it's, it's, a, it's a kid's book but yet an adult can see there are different ways you can choose to live life mm -hmm. you can live it like the twins self-absorbed 
or like amen who is looking around and making connections and you know creating you know and who is happier mm-hmm. yeah i mean i just and when uh and the mom is pregnant and she does finally have a boy the the twins they all have to pop, papa sets his watch for five minutes and i mean well he's watching his watch there's no timers back then but they they can't even hold their newborn baby brother for five minutes they're like okay we're done because Mm -hmm. it's all about them but here's the poem that amen wrote five minutes i held my brother i could have held him all day but papa's watch said time was up and grandma grandmama took him away (laughs) and i I said oh i i want to be like her not the twins (laughs) Well, I was going to ask you, would you, do you think the twins are a contaminant? Do you think they would fall on that? Like, because they seem to like the, the pain of others. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Connecting this with people fuel. Good mm. one. Oh, yes. Yes, they are. And it's interesting because out of all their sisters, her other sisters have varied interests, but they're not, they're not potsters. You yeah. know, they all, they all have different things they're interested in. And like one of them is really interested in plants and will will pick these amazing and talk about them and stuff like that. Like she knows all of the, she wants to be a botanist and, or is that what it's called? Um, yeah. And then the, then the other one, uh, Augusta, she loved, she said I, she loved walk, talking with her because it was like walking with a dictionary. Yes. So, I mean. Um, I so just, really. I feel like all the other sisters, you know, they have their own thing, but they're very compassionate, considerate humans. But when you get to the twins, I feel like that they're missing. Yes, I I don't know why, but uh, but then again, remember that old saying um, about the two, you know, we get we all have the bad and the good inside us. The one we Mm -hmm. feed will dominate. They're feeding it Mm -hmm. and it's just growing and growing. And like she was with Augusta, I think, in the family cemetery, and they're looking at the tiny lamb tombstone, Anita McBee, who lived, who was before Amen, and she lived ten days, and they were just really quiet, and uh, like kind of sorrowful together. And I like that sounds broke into our sorrow, a dove cooed, and I thought, wow, that is. Um, so she shares. You're right. The other two sisters are okay, but the grandmama she sees that they make her life miserable mm-hmm. and that's their goal. Their yes. goal is to make her miserable. Like one point it, it hurt my heart when they said, uh, Ma, they told her mama wants you. And they say everything together in unison. Uh, and, and maybe that's where they feel like they have power because mm-hmm. there's two of them. Yeah. Mama wants you. And, and then she's writing this poem and they said, and she says, does she want me to bring my poem? And they said, she doesn't want to hear your stupid poem. I mean, why? There's no reason for that. Yeah, but that's how they are. Mm-hmm. And we won't say who, but it's at, there's a point kind of towards the end of the book. Their words caused a death, and I don't think they ever realized that. Because I, no. I wanted, I wanted them to, like, I wanted to see a change in them. I wanted to see remorse. I wanted to see like we caused that, and but that I never got that, and um. That's so, because it didn't happen, sis. That's yeah, why I know. But but I and we talked about that earlier. That the theme really words are so powerful. And Amen uses her words for good and to show beauty and compassion and 
and the sisters used their words for destruction and it it caused ultimate destruction of someone's life just words you know and that was what this was a quote i thought you would get uh creating something is the headiest feeling in the world Mm. and that was uh she's creating and they're destroying yes and and like you said who's happier amen amen is a much uh more contented child than the other two who are destroying and and also the the whole problem is they don't don't listen so they leap to conclusions they think they they have the curse of knowledge they think they know everything and all of that they are not like either parent so uh, a, a child left to his own devices is pretty scary actually yes and when there's two of them, it's double scary. Mm-hmm. But I do like, uh, so whoever was killed uh, what is going to be buried in the family cemetery. And then Aunt Pauline doesn't like it because they weren't really, quote, family. And she's saying uh, she would not rest easy with that in the family cemetery. I love what Papa said. I'm sorry to tell you, dear sister, that you will not rest easy you will not be resting easy or something he doesn't change it he's undaunted mm-hmm. i'm sorry to tell you you know and i thought when someone says well i'm not too happy about that we sh- we should say well i'm sorry you're not happy about that he validated her and he said but things aren't going to change <laughs> yeah i love that mm-hmm. so like well mm, I, i'm just in the grandma the grandmama had the twins pegged way earlier than the parents did yes I think I think the mom she's having I mean she was probably still grieving too and maybe yeah. that's why the twins actually that's probably why the twins are that way because if you think about it she, the baby was between amen and the twins so she was probably in grief and didn't give the twins what they needed like that attention maybe early on um and then amen came so and the sad thing is now you don't want to give them attention cuz they're terrible you know what I'm saying? They're all, they're so self-absorbed. So really, if you go and you do it God's way in the Bible and you think of others, put others before yourself, you have, and that's what amen does. And uh, such a deep, uh, kind of a spiritual little kid. I mean, sometimes you have those sages when they're six mm-hmm. and she's like one of those. She's really thoughtful and um, she she thinks of others. And well, I, I think- I think she has the ability to see what others do not see. And I think compassion is a huge factor in that. But just like with the picture, um, the other twins would have seen a scary old man. And she saw someone who had never had his picture taken and who in his country, only important people had their picture taken. So for him to get his picture taken, it was like, wow, an honor. And she was able to, pick up on that without any words being spoken and some of that is just being intuitive and mm-hmm. then some of it is being compassionate and and then I think with her work the way she uses words she she sees things in words that others don't see too and I think but that translates to uh, across the board I think that's just a maybe a gifting that she has mm-hmm. but you know how how much better would it be if the twins tried to learn from her instead of destroy her yeah, you know, that's could, a good they point. Could learn from her. I feel like her other sisters do. They yes. kind of feed off of each other. Like she likes this about them, they like that about her, and 
it's more uh, of a give and take type thing. You, you don't get to see Adam much, the little, little the little one, but at the end, you get the feeling, or I did, you get the sense that he's kind of like her. Mm. He's not bad. Yes. Okay, that did bother me a little bit, though. Uh, did you know? Okay, so the they he's the dad, and initially was talking about the kids naming. He was going to name all the girls A, and then when they had a boy, he was going to start on the Bs. So he didn't. He was stuck with the A's. What? Why do you think that is? I think the dad realized, um, you know, he when he had the baby boy that he's wanted all this time. Then they said, Grandmama said he was when he was crying. That was tears of joy. I kind of think it might have been tears of also, I need to realize what I have. Mm. And and they're all equal in God's sight. So he kept the A. Okay. I like that. Yeah. I, I thought there was something uh, significant because he made such a stink about it before. And then when Amen was born, he was like, another girl and just upset. Mm-hmm. So. But then he and, he and Amen have such a special bond and then maybe um, the trauma that they went through and um, because the whole thing, I think, had to come around and it taught him, you know, to, you know, you're, you, he's blessed and yes. it doesn't matter if it's a boy or a girl. And so he yes. stayed with the A's and then he named him Adam, which was, but at the, at the end, I did like it that, <laughs> so it, and there's uh, some humor in there. Because grandmama takes the twins and she puts them in finishing school. And when they visit, what the dad said, um, and this was kind of near the end, he doesn't think that they're quite finished yet. (laughs) So that kind of told me that nobody wants them to come home. That's so sad. That's so sad. But I know that's, I, I understand. But, and I'm just grateful that the grandma is looking for solutions I think everyone else just kind of wrote them off. So, but they lived in that 24 seven grandma just come. Grandmama comes when mama has a baby. That's true. So it's easier for her to see an outsider to see that the and dynamic. Point, so you meet the mother's brother who comes and uh, Papa, it says that Papa just tolerates mama's family. But when the tragedy strikes and Papa has to go, her brother said, I'll go with you. And he said, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know, um, even, you know, it, it's funny how you can change your mind about someone if they are willing to serve at that moment. I'm sure the brother probably didn't want to, but because the brother seemed to really kind of be like, amen. He, he was lofty in his thoughts too. Well, I think again, that connects with people feel because when the tragedy struck, it's the the quadrant number one is being present and that's what the the brother just provides he probably doesn't talk a lot but he was there for emotional Mm -hmm. support Mm -hmm. and And you don't really have to no there's something powerful that and nobody and everybody knows you don't no one wants that position that's it you know no one wants to to be with someone grieving that's you know but that's needed you know so and it's it's we we need that and I like that uh, Dr. Townsend like explained that really well. So yeah. So now when you're reading a book, you can look for yeah. If you if there is a contaminant, that will be your antagonist in the book because they are going to be pulling people down. But 
all because they've made choices in life because we all have choices. We have all have autonomy in your life because even if you're a prisoner in a cell, like the Viktor Frankl book, those were, they were, uh, the Nazis had them in camps, but there were still people that thrived in there. The ones that had a purpose that these are the ones that gave part of their meager, uh, food to someone else, but they thrived. Why? Yes. It's a mindset, mm-hmm. you know? So th- there's that when you get to the end, she takes Adam to the family cemetery and, uh, she says, someday, I said to myself, someday I will write about you, Anita, because even though you only lived 10 days, you seem to make each day count for the people who loved you. Mm. And it says you held your sister's hands. You smiled. You were loved. You're still loved. You never, ever cried. So uh, then she's in there with Adam. But I'm thinking she she's taking him and then he sees the lamb. Uh, I guess they put a little lamb for her tombstone or something. But and he liked the lamb. And uh, because he liked the lamb, I'm assuming he's good. <laughs> I don't know. But well, I think he's he has a good role model, too. So, yes. I mean, she's she is helping teach him better than the twins were <laughs> teaching so, her. And that's the thing about contaminants, though, like. Like when we're at the grave, everyone's suffering, but them in that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I'm wondering, it, do they feel like they've suff- they suffer all the time? And so maybe that's why. Maybe there's something like, you know what I'm saying? There's a reason why you want, why, why would you want other people to feel bad? I just, I don't understand it. I well, want everyone I think- to feel good. So there's yeah. peace, you know? Well, you're a peacemaker, though. There you go. Yeah, I don't like when people don't feel good. Then it disrupts the peace. <laughs> but don't some people thrive on that disrupting the peace? Yes. And they they and and then control. They want to control. I, I I'm in. Uh, they want to control her. They want to control the situation. And and I think Grandmama knows you cannot control them. So the only thing you can do is separate them. Mm. Yeah. But in in the front of the book, I kind of thought she was going to take Amen. I did too. I I thought it was leaning that way, and I was really happy that she was brave enough to take the girls. Of course, it sounds like they're in a finishing school, so I don't know if she's even having to. Uh, I mean, are they? They may not even be at her house, but she's in charge of them. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I mean, and maybe, I, I mean, anything's possible. Maybe they'll turn around. <laughs> Yes, I'm thinking, well, we hope, but I'm just, uh, you know, they've had the chance to do that, but you, you until they, in, until they admit that their words killed someone, caused it, That's true. There, there's not going to be any healing there. And I just don't know if I see them ever admitting that. <laughs> yes. But I kept think, thinking to you uh, about you, you know, words are powerful. I mean, we don't need to be flippant with what we say and i don't think people realize that because our society we has has taught the opposite our society is taught like oh i i mean it doesn't matter you know oh i just said it i just said it you know it's off the cuff that doesn't really have hold any weight you know but it does and there's there's great significance in our words and i i don't know why we've lost sight of that but words are very powerful we definitely need to be careful with what we say 
because you can't take them back. So yeah. and, once well, it's out in the air, you can say sorry, but you can never, you know, someone can never unhear that. Yeah. And it, and it, and they're very painful because people replay them. And then there's a scripture and I'm wondering if it's in Proverbs or Psalms that it says where words are many, sin is not absent or something. I mean, mm-hmm. the more words you say, you know, flippantly, especially, you know, I, I just don't know, but um, there we come again to uh, check yourself all the time. <laughs> what's the, what's that thing? Check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> yeah, that was Uncle Cy. He used to say that. And then, then you, it's all, this book to me showed growth. The, and the father is not the main character. He is not the main character, but in the background, but he's a strong character. Mm-hmm. And we see his growth from yes. crying because he didn't get a boy and then crying, realizing he has these children that are precious, you know, all except the twins, of course. But anyway, <laughs> uh, but, uh, he, he has, the, so you see the growth in, in him. Yes, you do. That's a good point. And that the mother is, is sad because he's grieving. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it, it, for her, for his loss, you know, but you know, like when, when someone dies, it's all over for you. Cannot, you can't undo what, I mean, the twins, even if they were repentant, uh, which they're not, but you can't undo it. Exactly. Like you said. So I think that's why it's good. I think it's good for, what. what's the age group you would uh, start this at? Uh, well, I was thinking about reading it to third graders because, I mean, at, on the back of it, it says ages eight and up. Okay. But I would want a, a probably to be reading it by yourself, probably 12. Okay. Because it's, it's pretty deep. heady. It's yeah, pretty, there's some yeah. there's some deep. But so, okay. So, but if you were ever able to explain it, you'd say probably eight. If you're, it's a yeah. read aloud. Okay. And it's short. It's like 121 pages. It, it's, it's very quick to get through, but I feel like it's very uh, impactful. It's a, it's a little, it's, it's a ball, a bundle of joy. <laughs> it's a little, it's a little bit. Painful. Yeah. So. It's not like a, it was not like Mr. Popper's penguins, but mm-hmm. no, you know, it's not fluff, only fluff, but you could, if you were a parent and reading it aloud, you could even uh, look up uh, Polish immigrants and go that way and tie it with real, with fact, with fiction and find out, you know, how hard it was to be an immigrant in the 1800s and how, you know, he came to work in the coal mines of Kentucky and uh, he'd had a hard life, Mr. Tominensky. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you could look, look at that, but he, he was a kind person because he, in, he put his own life in danger to save um, Amen's dad when he was young. So, and his dad, uh, Papa's dad was eternally grateful for that. Yes. And so it- was Papa. And you could look at why he was, why he had um, come, come over because I'm sure there was unrest at the time mm-hmm. um because this is the turn of the century so right so it's like um you could look up what was going on in poland at that time yeah because uh, on one tombstone it said 1891 and another time it said 1865 but i, I did want to say that it is good to because there's so many negative words it's good that like mama called mr tomaninsky a harmless man and then uh She'd heard grandma, grandmama called him uh, the, a dove magician and stuff. And then she'd heard murderer from the twins. 
you know, but she kept going back playing all of those and thinking, so speak positive words. What do you think was the significance of the doves? Because well, I thought I'm, the doves were, you know, they don't hurt anyone. Okay. And he, and he didn't hurt anyone. And I think he, and he needed friends. We need friends. And he didn't have any except Papa uh, cared for his every need because he was afraid of people. Hmm. No, you, you, you can see in Mr. Tominski the desire to be around people, but he was feared. He was fearful of people because all he'd known was pain from people. Oh, that's deep. Yes. I didn't think about that. So that need drove him to kind of show his face a little, sometimes, but so the, the fear drove him back into the woods. Yeah. And that was the, the whole, you know, the symbol of a dove is peace. And he just wanted that in his life. And I really don't think he ever had it. Mm, yeah, right. And so he's thinking keeping these, you know, you know keeping these doves will help him to, to have peace. And, and, and I'm, he I'm, tie stuff on them. What, what the shiny objects? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think they could do tricks. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it, just like on the cover, there's a little girl and that little girl is just like, you can tell by looking at her and in the background, it has a dove. But I'm thinking she is thinking how it, how things could have been. You know, mm. we, we could have, you know, if you rewind that, they could have been nice to him. Mm. You know, Papa was, but, but I mean, he That's could have been sitting at the dinner table. That's true. But not so. with the twins there. Well, and, I well, I would say, again, we can't blame it all on them because that's a good point. He could have been. Why not? Aunt Pauline didn't like him either. She had no. a prejudice against him. Yes, she did. And so, and she thought she, you know, had she more of she a was vote. Better, better than yeah, him. yeah. So we can't blame the, we can't blame it all on the twins. That's true. Because they that could he could have been at the table before the twins were even born and wasn't. So, yeah, that's a good point. We we just uh, like when you when you know better, you do better. I think Papa at the end he knows better and he's thankful. Mm -hmm. And and this book reminds us to be thankful and compassionate. And to and, look for what others don't see. And and I think that involves having grace, being able mm -hmm. to say, you know, because we all, it's easy to think the worst. It is difficult to think the best of so someone. True. And I think that's a wrap. That's a good one to end on, sis. That, that is a wrap on The Keeper of the Doves by Betsy Byers. If you're looking for a quick read, an impactful quick read, this is a good one to grab. And we are just so grateful that you joined us and we hope you have a, a blessed day. Keep those um, pages turning and book lights burning. Catch you on the next one.